as Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com and the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame and fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's season one, episode 23 of the regular Hall of Fame show, and Evan Nolan and I, we're going to take a look at uh, the life of Ken Riley, a former Cincinnati Bengal who passed away, probably one of the most underappreciated players in NFL history, and that says something. Uh, A little fun look at the Mascot Hall of Fame, and we're also going to do a little bit of a preview of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, They're going to be announcing their uh, class in the next couple weeks, so we've done our little predictions for that. Mr. Nolan, how are things in the Windy City? Uh, They're actually uh, warming up a little bit here. Um, It's it's, it's not too bad. Uh, We still got all the protests and everything going on, but it looks like summer is actually maybe going to be upon us. Nice, nice. Uh, I'll apologize ahead of time. Uh, We've got a little bit of rain going on, so the uh, whistling frogs are back in the background. It's funny, I can't hear them over the phone, but on the recordings, they're very, very obvious. I just I just presumed originally before I knew they were frogs that you're like in an old-timey swing from a Bartles and James commercial. <laughs> no, they, they are the, the frogs of, of the island. And whenever they, it's sort of wet... Are those the coquille frogs? The what Are frogs? they the coquille frogs? Uh, That's what they call them in Puerto Rico. Uh, per- perhaps. I, I've never heard that term before. I don't know. Anyway... They don't go bud why is there? I know that. All right, so they're not from Wisconsin. We got that. You betcha. Or is that a Well, I guess that would be St. Louis. Oh, I screwed that up. The Miller guys, people are going to be very pissed. That's two beer things I've screwed up in two weeks. i got to work on it. Speaking of beer, how are you? <laughs> uh, so, uh, doing very well with that. And I'm doing very well in our bet in terms of the Astros and hit by pitch. I'm going to – Yeah, it's, I consider this I think a lot. I that one. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm now uh, down three. Mm. It's not over yet. Give them time. Although everyone probably forgot about the Astros at this point, so they're not even mad anymore. They're two, mad, they're two fighting over how many games they should play and how much people should be paid for them. Jesus. So. Oh, that's awful. I, I really hope there's a baseball season. It's It'll break my heart if there's not. Well, I do want to say, though, I think we should start on a happy note and – it's the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the first time that either of us is going to actually be friends with someone who will be a Hall of Famer as of Sunday. I have no friends, so definitely. It, it's, <laughs> it's the case. <laughs> yes, but, uh, well, I guess not technically, because he's not the only person ever to win the suit, but uh, the mascot Hall of Fame is announcing, or has announced their class back in November, which we somehow missed. I know mm-hmm. we talked about it in the summer with the nominations. We uh, somehow missed the... Uh, Action announcement: the the induction ceremony is Sunday. Uh, in it's virtual, but I, I read that it's actually not that far from you. In was it Whiting or Whiting, Illinois? What I think it's Whiting. Okay, so Whiting, Illinois, and then I, I looked there on the mascot Hall of Fame website, and it says like if you don't know Whiting, then you th- then you don't know what you're missing. And then like, okay, so what am I missing? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know I I don't know Whiting so okay <laughs> I don't I, I it's like like I said I'm from the East Coast it's Whiting Indiana by the way not Illinois 
Oh, Indiana. Oops. Okay, Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, it's, it's potato. It's, potato. Right, it's in this. It's in the Chicago metropolitan area, but it's uh, it's in Indiana. Um, mm. So, so yeah, still I, a time I zone away. I don't think I could tell you much about it. Yeah, it's it's just over the border from. It's the second town in from uh, from Chicago. So it's Hammond and then Whiting. So um, as you go east, but yeah, no, I I, I don't know much about much about Whiting. Uh, although apparently they have mascot Hall of Fame, so good for them. Which also explains part of this class, I think. So, did you see? The, what do you think of the four the four people who are the four folks who made it in? We have. Well, I'll start with my friend, the Baltimore Oriole, mm-hmm. my buddy Bromley, from growing up as a Baltimore Oriole for like fifteen years, uh, and is still a professional mascot. Um, when the Baltimore Oriole got inducted in the Baseball Hall of Fame, he was in the suit and decided that was like basically going to be the highlight of his time as the Orioles. So he got out of got out of that, and he's still a professional mascot these days. Spent his entire life inside a suit, entire working life. Very strange, uh, but you can do it. Yeah, actually, it's so a very the or- Indiana-centric one. I see. Yeah, well, let's let's get to the real highlight. The Orioles are awesome because my buddy's Bromley's there. But really, mm-hmm. who's the highlight here? Yuppie. It's Yuppie. It's, it's the hardest working mascot in sports. The the only the only remaining living expo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'll be the last expo to get into any Hall of Fame, probably. That's what I'm thinking, right? It has to be. I mean, like, who else could it possibly be? Well, I mean, no one else is going to go in as an expo, so no. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, unless you're holding out for Rusty Coots. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, UP made it. And then of course the Pacers, uh, uh, what is it? Moon? I can't remember the name of the Pacers. Well, I've, I've got it here. So I got Boomer here, uh, which, yeah, which sort of ties into something I was going to ask you later. Uh, but, and then blue from the Colts. So yeah, very Indiana centric. Right. I have no trouble with Boomer. Boomer is a entertaining mascot. I have enjoyed Boomer at times, but uh, did you know the Colts had a mascot? No, <laughs> I, I did not. Neither I didn't. Did I. I knew nothing about the Colts sideline. Everything. I, the only thing I ever knew about that is uh, uh, what two cheerleaders shaved their heads for. Crap. Who was the, who was their head coach then? Chuck Pagano. Yeah, no, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, yeah. So like Pagano strong. Uh, you know, where, when he uh, he was fighting cancer, uh, showed up bald, and then, the couple, and then a couple cheerleaders did the same thing there, too. Because there's nothing hotter than a bald cheerleader, I guess. I don't know. Man, who knows? I guess, apparently, Blue was mascot of the year for the NFL in 2016. How, how do so, you win mascot of the year? I, I, am, I am not sure. I, I didn't know it was a thing until I was reading the uh, the press release, so... Yeah, like like we always say, we do a ton of preview or a ton of planning for this. So my planning is literally finding what we're talking about and putting a tab on my my uh, Chrome browser here, which means you're uh, more prepared so. than I am. <laughs> <laughs> which is how I had 25 people last week. There are there's all these tiny little things at the top of my browser. Nice. So, like, well, I, yeah. I, I've heard of Blue though, but I never heard of Boomer. Well, at Boomer, I've seen before, because I feel like NBA mascots are much more visible, because they're out there doing things and, and, and things like that. He's, he's actually pretty cool. I have no problem with Boomer. So, 
And besides, it's not going to be much longer with the way the country's going. We're going to be able to honor, honor boomers for much longer. So that's <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because it's so. it's almost like because that's the one ism that's okay is ageism. Mm, yeah, I guess that's probably true. I, I just think that so. as I'm approaching, I'm closer to fifty than forty, and I don't feel that way. I mean, you and I were both lucky. I think we both, you know, we're in our 40s. We both have full heads of hair. And that, that is true. We do both have full heads of hair. I, I maintain that I was born in the last great year to be born. So I got very lucky. So I was born in 1979. So the fall of 78, the spring of 79. Okay. Means that I got through high school before Columbine happened which I think was a massive change in this country. And I got through college before cell phone cameras happened and pre 9 9-11. 9-11 happened right after I graduated. So I graduated college. So like all the negative changes I feel that have like taken away our kind of freedom or like ability to just, you know, do stupid stuff and, and get away with it. Um, which you may, again, after we've learned all this stuff, may just be due because I was a white kid who grew up in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, basically went away after us because there's nothing like the parties we threw in college you can never throw anymore because there was someone take a cell phone camera and ends up in someone's sight and, like, the entire, everybody's, like, banished from school. Um, so I, I, feel like, yep. I feel like my year was the last year you really wanted to be born before everything bad started happening. So. Yeah, and and one of us on this show may or may not have had uh, carnal pleasure with a midget on a pool table in front of a whole uh, fraternity. I don't believe that was me. My memory is hazy, but I don't <laughs> believe that was me. Yeah, so whether it was you or me, I mean, I guess it's, yeah, one of those things that probably is good that camera phones didn't exist at that point. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't yeah, know how we got here. Sorry. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, yeah, let's, let's, let's skip the stories and get to the rest of what we're ta- here to talk about this week. So I will say going back to baseball for a second and going back into this, mm-hmm. uh, baseball finally figured out a way to speed up games. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, though. Oh, what's up? Denard Span retired. I know the stats don't say he saw 11 pitches in at bat, but it always felt like he saw 11 pitches in at bat. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought him up because he was someone I wanted to talk about. Not necessarily because I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's not. Uh, he had no. uh, you know a couple good seasons, like one with uh, Minnesota, one with Washington. Uh, when I think of Span, though, because he's going to be eligible for the Baseball Hall, I mean, in 2024, because he did not play last year. If you're a guy like Span, is it a win if you become if you just get to the to the the ballot? I'd say so. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. He had 28.1 career WAR, which is not bad. Okay, it's nowhere it's nowhere near being a Hall of Famer, but that's a respectable career. Absolutely. He had just he was too short of 1500 career hits. 71 homers, career 281 batting average, um, 185 stolen bases, just under 500 RBIs. But he had a good career. He was mm-hmm. played for from 08 to 18. Uh, got MVP votes in 2014 and 
in D.C. It was sixth in Rookie of the Year in Minnesota back in 2008, 11 years in the league. So he meets the qualifications. You have to be – basically it's 10 years or some weird circumstance to make the ballot in order, uh, for the baseball hall. Right. So someone like Daryl Kyle can make it if because he, he passed away. So I don't think he put a full 10 in before he passed. But – yeah, I, th- I think for someone like Span, yeah, probably. I mean, I, I honestly think you're right. Unless you're an out- outright Hall of Famer have a shot at it, just being on the ballot is validation enough. Like, I was good enough that I made, you know, I made the list of of top however many guys who retired that year uh, to get in there. Because not everybody does. Yeah, and I, I always wonder, like, uh, one thing I can't figure out is what's the group or who's the committee that decides who gets on the ballot? Uh, Peter Gammons and whoever else. <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You said that so confidently. I was, I, was, I was about to believe you and just tweet Peter. It, 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 it should be Peter Gammons, uh, but now who, who knows? It's, it's probably um, – uh, what's his name for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? David Baker. He's probably invo- involved in that as well. <laughs> um, I do think we get him on yeah, TV. No, yeah, I, I actually don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if it's actually the baseball writers have a, something on that or whether it's the Hall itself. That's something we should probably find out, seeing as we're a Hall of Fame-based show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's something that uh, – and I wanted to ask you this, and uh, we didn't really prep this, but – I would like to see that if you've sort of qualified with your 10 years of service, just you're on the ballot. Like, what do you think of that? You're cause you're not, you're not going to get a vote if you're not worthy anyway. So like, right. Why sort of like make this arbitrary decision as to the C level or D level hall of famer. Interesting thought. So I'm, I'm opening up since I wasn't prepared here. Feel free to vamp for a second. I'm opening up my uh, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, spreadsheet here. There it is. Um, so I'm just looking at the people who were eligible last year who didn't make the list. Because I have those written down as well because I'm insane. <laughs> if you're um, insane and we're on the show, look what the hell am I? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't have them all here. But there are, there are a bunch of people who last year could have been eligible hold on <clears throat> excuse me there are a whole bunch of people like we have I have for next year I have like 11 names and mm-hmm. I've had Nick Swisher as my cutoff I can't imagine anybody worse than Nick Swisher being on the ballot um uh so but there I think if I remember correctly there are like uh 26 people who are eligible who meet the 10 year criteria for next season um so I mean Maybe you're just making the ballot super, super long. So I don't know. I, mean, I think I think I think a ten-year career is amazing in itself. Just think how how few people, how at the top of your profession you have to be to play a professional sport for ten years. Well, I mean, and there's also a baseball Hall of Famer, uh, and not in in your memory, mine didn't play ten years, uh, and Kirby Puckett. Puckett wasn't even 10 years? No, no, he wasn't 10 years. They allowed him to be on the ballot. Wow. He did a lot in that short amount of time. 84 to 95. Mm, one, two, three, four, five, six. He played 12 years. Puckett? Yeah. 
What the hell have I been reading? Yeah, he was finished third rookie of the year in 1984 and was an All-Star his last season in 1995. Well, then never mind. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. I could have I sworn he only played, he only had nine years of service. Hmm. I mean, how, how many years did Kofax pitch? Well, he had 12. That, that was a, uh, he had 12. Uh, six good ones and six mediocre. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyway. Yeah, so congratulations to Nard Span. You had a very good career. You're not going to make the Hall of Fame, but they, you have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of with how well you no. played. Well, you made so. the show. Yeah, he made the show, and he stayed there for 10 years. Or 12, 11 years. Good for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, One person who passed away this weekend, it's, it's funny how we both had the same reaction. Uh, Claudel Washington, former Brave and Yankee. And you, you sent me that mm-hmm. message over Twitter. It's like, and I said, like, I think I'm positive I had his baseball card. And you said, you did too. Mm-hmm. Just kind of reminds me of just like how cool baseball cards are. I gotta, I gotta find that card. When yeah, I had I have, it. I had him like as a brave. basically all sort. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I talked over your head. Say that again. Well, I was just saying, like the the card I know that I had was when he was a brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have him definitely as a. I want to say a Yankee, at least, because I have most of the cards from the tops cards from '86 through '89. Like basically all of those, that was my peak baseball card collecting ages from, you know, seven to, to 10. Um, and so he was, he was right in there. He retired in 1990. So that was the end of his career. But of course he is, uh, most important, uh, because he is, I asked his trivia question beforehand, but he is the person who hit the foul ball that Ferris Bueller catches and Ferris Bueller's day off at the Cubs game. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, as a member of the Atlanta Braves, he's the guy who fouls it off that uh, Ferris catches. Ferris Bueller. Oh. My God. Yeah. And I guess that leads me into another death I want to talk about from this week, uh, into another great sports movie, Jim Cotta. <laughs> uh, Kurt Toff oh, well passed away. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Thomas was the greatest American, um, without a doubt, was the greatest American male gymnast of his, like, ever at the time he was going. He was, he was the first American ever to win an all-around gold in gymnastics back in 1978. He was probably going to do well or win gold in the 1980 Olympics, except for the fact they gave it to Moscow and the U.S. didn't go. Um, so he was robbed of that opportunity. But more importantly, Jim Cotter. You know, I still do. I still uh, sort of like play play weird games with my wife, and I well, won't go too deep into this, but just sometimes <laughs> I know you've, you've, you've already talked about pool pool table shenanigans. What could be any worse? <laughs> well, well said, well said. But sometimes I'll just sort of like sneak up behind her and then just go like, "Ah, Jim Cotta," and she and I've said this like I don't know how many times, like where it's from, and she looks at me like, "You're a complete retard." <laughs> And she has no idea what the hell it is. Thank, thank God that the ladies put up with us because we would be very lonely otherwise. No, but yeah, I mean, Kurt Thomas was the star of that 
I will call it a cult classic. I will call it a good movie. Oh, it's a horrible movie, but it's it's a must watch. (laughs) But it is a must watch every time it comes on. Um, But yeah, no, uh, Rob Borch passed away suddenly at the age of 64 of a a brain aneurysm. Yeah, I didn't even know he was Um, that, that. That makes me feel so old to learn that he's 64. Because the last time I ever saw him was just doing that pommel horse. I guess beating up on who the hell did he beat up in that movie? Yeah, the, the one that made me feel super old is the fact that remember Kurt Loder from MTV? Yes. He's 75. Oh my god. <laughs> and I know he was older when he was in that role, but like, he is 75 years old. My goodness. What happened to us? We're boomers. Uh, No, I am not a boomer. I am not even a a, a Generation X. They wouldn't even let me in there. And I'm not a millennial. Okay, so we don't have have the B. We're oomers. (laughs) Yeah, we were... I was Generation Y, and then they decided to eliminate that as a thing. So... But they brought Generation Z in, so who knows? What comes after Z? The A's? I think that's the zombie movie, so I think that's the end. So that's, that's the last generation. So, yeah, who knows? So there, but anyway. Yeah, there's another death I wanted to briefly, just briefly touch on uh, with Bonnie Pointer. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a Pointer sister, but technically not a Pointer sister. Yeah. yeah. Um... Well, go ahead. Why don't you keep going with her? Yeah, because like if the Pointer Sisters were to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, I think there's a case there, she wasn't one of the three main ones that you know, like because she left that group in I want to say the mid '70s, and then never really came back. She went for a solo career, and like the Pointer Sisters, to me, it, I, I think they're the most underappreciated group in R&B history. Hmm. That's an interesting one. A part of the problem with saying most underappreciated artists in R&B history is the mm-hmm. fact that too, so much of the R&B got mixed in with disco and there are a whole bunch of like disco is just hated by other people who are voting. Sure. But so it's hard, it's hard for me to say, I mean, that's like cool in the game come to mind right away. Um, but the Pointer Sisters are up there. Yeah, and I, I think with the Pointer Sisters, too, because, like, they've been around, they were around longer than, and you brought up Cool in the Gang, so they, they've had, they've got a, a history longer than that. And if you look at their whole overall discography, Cool in the Gang, though, was, like, right up there. And, and so maybe mm-hmm. when I say, like, the most, uh, okay, like, they're in that, they're in that conversation. Fair enough. No, that, I, I'd agree. I'd agree in that conversation. I just never... Hadn't occurred to me before you just mentioned it. So, yeah. and Cool the Gang was just the first band that popped in my head. There may be others that I'm just not remembering. Um, I mean, I think Diana Ross's solo career is overlooked as well, but that's a whole conversation for another time. Um, but no, you know, I yeah, said Bonnie Pointer and the Pointer Sisters. Uh, I mean, she was there, just like you said, that she was there more for the the, the mid '70s stuff before they reinvented themselves in the early '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. All right. So, favorite Pointer Sister song? Um, 
Hmm. Is that I, I've got a new way to walk? Is that the, that's them, right? I I'm not even familiar with that. I think it is. Anyway, keep going. How about yours? Uh, I got two. Uh, Dear me, uh, in the mid '80s, and uh, slow hand. Well, slow hand is really good. Yeah. Um. Maybe I wasn't right. I was thinking that. Um, oh, I'm, I'm so excited, of course. Is Yeah, 1984, probably, I felt I mean, like no matter where I went, I heard that damn song. Yeah. Uh, what's the name? What's the song I'm thinking of? I can't find it anywhere. Well, let's, let, let's, let's go back. I, I may have confused her somewhere else, which is a really bad thing to be doing, but I, I, I did. So let's just go with I'm so excited, because that's a great song. So... Even if Jesse Spano sort of ruined it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was so excited, and she couldn't hide it. She was so excited. She was so excited. She was so excited. She was so scared. It's a very special safe by the bell. I, I will say my brother, that is one of his favorite uh, guilty pleasure movies. Uh, Showgirls. Showgirls? Mm-hmm. He, well, he'll always joke. He loved it for the dancing. Okay. It's like loving Jim Cotta for the gymnastics. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I, I, is that a sentence that's ever been said? I love Jim Cotta for the gymnastics? Now, I don't think anyone's ever said they want like showgirls for the dancing either. So that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> well said. You're right. making my point. I, uh, so... so and I, I, we're going to switch over to a major death of football. Before we get there, can I just bring up a couple other people, and then we'll get to the, the main guy I want to talk about here. Yeah, please. Uh, so first one's Paul Rochester, who was defensive tackle on uh, the for the Jets and the Chiefs. He won um, two championships uh, in the AFL, one with the, uh, the uh, Chiefs in 62 and one with the Jets in 68. And then was on was on that sixty nine uh, Super Bowl three team, and that was his last game. And retired. Um, one of the, I would say, a solid player. He's a one time AFL All Star. He was a solid player in the sixties for the AFL teams out there, uh, or in, in the AFL. A solid player for a long time. Never going to be a Hall of Famer, but he passed at the age of uh, eighty one in Jacksonville earlier this week. And also, I want to bring up Rache Caldwell who passed away, who was murdered, or was shot. I don't know if he was murdered. I didn't see any of that, but I don't know if you remember Rache Caldwell. Briefly, yeah. Yeah, he, he was the Patriots' best wide receiver in 2006. And uh, really, he he, was just, he did pretty well, but he dropped a couple of very important passes in the 06 uh, uh, AFC Championship game, and his career never really recovered. Um, but Caldwell passed away at 41, which is my age, um, after being shot in Florida. He, after he retired, he had all sorts of issues. He was selling drugs across from a uh, elementary school because he didn't think anybody would care and he wouldn't get caught. And he was also one of the uh, players who was being sued for um, defrauding the NFL by claiming medical equipment uh, that they didn't actually need or use. Mm-hmm. I think he was the one who claimed the uh, horse there's some medical equipment for a horse that he tried to get reimbursed out of the, the NFL retirement fund. Uh, so he had a he had a checkered history afterwards, but he was a pretty good wide receiver at the University of Florida and, and was in the league for I don't know eight nine years before he uh, 
kind of crashed out. But uh, just wanted to bring both of them up because they both passed this week. And let's go to the main NFL event. Yeah, uh, Ken Riley is uh, someone I've been really looking at a lot lately. Uh, another shout out to Vinny Laspinuso. Uh I think you'd agree with this when I say uh, Bengals fans are the only ones who can really say that they're snubbed by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and Riley, you know, career Bengal, uh, 65, inter- 65 interceptions? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, just snubbed for everything. Uh, even if, when you look at his advanced analytics, great player, never was a pro bowler. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, they, I, I was like, We always talk about how pro bowls are a silly that to be used for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I always bring up the fact that uh, as a Patriots fan, that uh, that Rodney Harrison is a one-time Pro Bowler, but Brandon, Mer- Brandon Merriweather was a two-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of those guys would you rather have? Right. And the answer is the Patriots answered Rodney Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean it's it's crazy because Ken Riley is. Let me not, let me not stutter when I say this. He's fifth all-time in interceptions. Right. The only people in front of him are Paul Krause, El- Emlyn Tunnel, Rod Woodson, and Night Train Lane. What do all those guys have in common? Hall of Fame. They're all Hall of Fame. Yep. He's tied with Charles Woodson, who will be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> He's ahead of Ed Reed, Ronnie Lott, Dick LeBeau, Emmett Thomas, Mel Blunt, Johnny Robinson, Lem Barney, and Nias Williams, Willie Brown, Daryl Green, Ty Law, Deion Sanders, Champ Bailey, Jack Butler, Bobby Dillon, Larry Wilson, Mel Renfro, Donnie Shell. All those people I mentioned are all Hall of Famers. And he is not as the, as number five overall. That is insane. Yeah, and just the other, the annual disrespect. And when the Bengals fans get upset, that's the guy they should sort of like really rally around after Ken Anderson, in my mind. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can make a case that they should rally around him before Ken Anderson. Um, you could. But no, I, I mean, there's a better case that there's a better case that Ken Riley's a top 10 all time defensive back or at least safety. than there is that, um, uh, that, Ken Anderson is a top 10 all-time quarterback. Yeah, you could. You could. Uh, like, I, I would listen to that case. Absolutely. So, no, I, I it, yeah. So he, he's someone we've brought up several times over mm-hmm. the last six months we've been doing this. Yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think with Riley, there's uh, – if, if we want to sort of like go in terms of like the current uh, climate, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Riley, you know, he was a quarterback at Florida A&M. And yeah. what, what did they do with a lot of, uh, like, like, until recently, realistically, uh, with black quarterbacks in the National Football League? They Lamar Jackson should have been a running back, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they tried to repurpose them. Now, with Riley... He turned out to be a great cornerback, and maybe that worked out well. I, I don't want to go in there, but there is something to that. So when people aren't ta- were who want to sort of like ignore systemic racism, right there, uh, black college quarterbacks, and Ken Riley is a great example of that. 
Yeah. I, by the way, I did say safety earlier, and you're right. I, I meant cornerback, but I was on a roll. Well, safety. Well, so, yes, he was but still. But he, 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 was, he was also only 5'11", mm-hmm. which might have something to do with it just because of the idea that quarterbacks have to be standing in the pocket and big and tall. But, mm-hmm. again, you're right. There's probably something else. I was just throwing out something else. Yeah, you no, know, you're right. Because I mean, you and I don't know. Yeah, you know, and that's part of it. Uh, like, Ask Doug Flutie about uh, heightism. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, pretty sure he looks yeah, like a right. Sander White white guy, but yeah, th- there is something to that, right? But, yeah, and then Riley would would leave, uh, and he would become what was I believe a two time coach of the year in the conference, coaching for uh, Florida A and M. Mm-hmm. You know, just the Rattlers with the best band. <laughs> Love it. So my, yeah, my my girlfriend from uh, Cleveland uh, back in college. Her dad uh, is Florida A and M Rattler, huge, massive, massive fan. And uh, there he has. He was more. He was more in on the, the Florida A and M band being the greatest in the world than anything having to do with any of their sports teams. Mm. So, was she ever, anyway, was she yeah. ever on a pool table? Don't. Dude, just stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, it no, it, yeah, it, it was there. I thought I'd run with it. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ken, Ken Riley passed away at what? 72, 73 and uh, never got a chance to make a speech in the hall that we both think he should have gotten. Or just more respect even from the Bengals. Cause we talked about that last yeah. week how there's yeah. only the one number retired. And I think you said this, I think really well too. Like when you were really pushing for, uh, crap, uh, Richard Seymour for the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And you know, same sort of idea. Like if you're not even putting him in the franchise hall of fame, mm-hmm. how can you sort of justify him in the pro football hall of fame? And same sort of idea with Ken Riley, uh, Ken Anderson, you know, same idea to me. Mm-hmm. No, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The, the Bengals are a dysfunctional fran- one of the most dysfunctional franchises in sports. Who have had a few up moments, just like any team's going to. Uh, but they are terribly run, uh, and have been for generations at this point. And if they ever end up with different ownership, hopefully things change. Mm-hmm. So, so I think our main event uh, for today is of a hockey hall of fame preview yes also known as jerome mcginla and who <laughs> <laughs> well exactly yeah jerome mcginla is going to be in the hockey hall of fame uh first ballot hall of famer art ross winner and i i think i said a few weeks ago or that every art ross winner goes into the hall of fame mm-hmm. ginla's going in and he should I don't think there's anyone who would disagree with that. Uh, do you have a couple of people who you think will join him? Because he won't go in alone. He will not. And I think, I mean, I think we're going to be kind of throwing darts. Um, exactly. Yes. What other players. So one thing I want to actually bring up is I know it's, uh, I, we'll go to the other stuff too, but every time in the hockey hall of fame, they put in uh, players and builders as well, right? Right. Um, and usually there, last year there's a Haley Wickenheiser who is clearly the best player who went into the hall last year. Right. Um, so I was looking at 
other people who might go in. Mm-hmm. So I think I've come up with who I think the best female candidate is. Okay. Um, and, and so I think I'm going with the position that is most overlooked by the Hockey Hall. I think I'm going with Kim St. Pierre, um, who's got, what, three gold medals, Olympic gold medals, five world championship gold medals, and one from the Four Nations Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, representing Canada. Yeah. I mean, just, I was looking out there for the different categories, and I think that was the easiest one for me to choose out of everyone. And I think, I think the, the eight-time gold, no, nine-time gold medal winning uh, starting goaltender for the Canadian national women's team is probably about the best candidate you're going to find out there for that situation. Yeah, actually. Unless you had somebody else, or if you even thought about it. Yeah, no, I have. Uh, I had Carolina Ouellette. Okay. Yeah, uh, so like a, another, uh, you know, another multi-time uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, from Team Canada uh, forward, like, you know, right up there in terms of stats, everything that you'd sort of like want to have. I think, could be wrong, but I think they want to have a female in each group. And why not? Mm-hmm. At this point, you can. Right. So uh, that that's the person that I had. I, yeah, I actually had on, let's see, one other person I thought about was Maria Ruth after doing this, who played uh, mm. for Sweden, and she's an IIHF Hall of, Famous, Hall of Famer. She was inducted in 2015. She played 265 games for the Swedish national team. Okay. Um, and she's a, she's another person who I consider. But, you know, I think, I think those are probably the top three candidates. I just... I just went with a goalie just because I felt like I needed to pick a goalie because the, NFL, the NHL or the Pro Hockey Hall of Fame never picks a goalie. Yeah, I was you struggling. Know, go, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in 1988, they elected uh, uh, Esposito. Well, I can't think of his first name. Uh, Tony. Not Phil, the other Esposito. Tony. Tony. They elected, they elected Tony Esposito to the Hockey Hall of Fame. That was 1988. That was 32 years ago. In the 32 classes since then, how many goalies have they inducted? Oh, God. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Patrick Waugh, Rogi Vachon. We know there's more than two. There's more than two. I will tell you that much, yes. Uh, I don't know. How many? Seven. Okay. In 32 years. Not Those seven name. are mm-hmm. Billy Smith in '93, uh, Grant Fuhrer in 2003, Patrick Waugh in 2006, Ed Belfour in 2011. He's back up again. Hoshik in 2014, Roby Deshawn in 2016, and Martin Martin Brodeur in 2018. Mm-hmm. That's it. They've only elected seven. That's kind of crazy when you think about how important goalies are to hockey that that's the only people they came up with. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a glut too uh, with you know Mike Vernon, Mike Richter. There are some good goalies that could get in right now. I didn't think that they will uh, as we'll go on further, but yeah. Well, who do you think the next goalie is getting elected to the Hall of Fame is? Hmm. Uh, out of the ones who are eligible, I don't know that any of them will. I think it yeah, should be I, I Richter. Think it might, 
Is it Roberto Luongo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Luongo will bypass all the ones who were eligible now, yeah. Okay, so Luongo retired, what, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. Uh, the year before. The year before. So he's got, what, three more years. So we're not going to have any more goalies with all that, and that's, that's crazy. It's going to be eight, 2018 was Berdour, and then we're already two years past that. So it's going to be another seven years before we get the eight. No, 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 no. With hockey, it's three years. Oh, it's only three? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. It is. I had I had a sports with sensible rules for the Hall of Fame in my head. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. So, uh, so okay. yeah, it'll probably be Luongo, but I can make a case for Richter. I can make a very strong case for Richter. But uh, the ones who I had, uh, so like we both agree that it's going to be a Ginla and a couple other players. Uh, the, the player mm-hmm. that I had strongest is Daniel Alfredson. Yeah, I, we've, we've had this discussion before. Mm-hmm. Alfredson is a very good candidate, but he has more love than people who I think are better than him. And I don't quite get it. Okay, so who do you think is better than him that should get that? Well, I mean, let's let's. What is Alfredson is eighteen seasons, right? Mm-hmm. He has four hundred and forty-four goals, eleven hundred and fifty-seven points. Like we've had this conversation with Pierre Turgeon, and like we'd had this whole thing last year. And I understand Turgeon's got extenuating circumstances with Canadians that yes, he does. That certainly does not. Right. Mm-hmm. He has a gold medal. He has a silver medal in the Olympics. He's got the, the Calder trophy. He had, he had 18 seasons and only six all-star games. He had King Clancy trophy. Um, he also scored the first shootout golden league history, I guess. Yeah. Um, doesn't, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hold on. Let me, let me actually get the, uh, the all-times points leaders in NHL history up here. Hold on. Well, so you, you, you make the argument for him. Okay. So Alfredson's the greatest player on a very, very good Sanders team. And I don't have to tell you that in hockey, it's a very strange game where you can dominate the regular season and then go, like, go deep in the playoffs and it doesn't necessarily mean everything. So... The Sens were very, very good. He was their best player. And it's not just necessarily six all-star games. Remember, they also go look for the international portion. Mm -hmm. And he was a great player for Team Sweden. Okay. Uh, The other thing, though, too, I just want to point out. uh, When last year they made their announcement... And this is something I think is sort of relevant, uh, not just for Hockey Hall of Fame, but just for everything in general. When they made their announcement for the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I I was looking like, okay, who were the big people who was considered a snub? Alfredson was the biggest one that came up as a snub, not nearly to the point as other sports like football or baseball, which sort of reflects – how the Hockey Hall of Fame is, is viewed, but it was Alfredson who was the biggest snub considered. 
again, I feel like that is Canadian bias of of reporters. Okay, but uh, um, I wasn't just going by the reporters, just by other people. Like, who else would it be? Alexander McGillney, who's also who's a Russian. Right. Alfredson's a Swede. Uh, true, but Alfredson's also 54th in points. Like, uh, sure. just, just eligible who are who are ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, give us a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's still 27 points behind Terzion. Again, we've had this whole discussion with Terzion. Right. But Terzion's 32nd, right? We have... Uh, keep it going down here. Ronick is 45th. Bernie Nichols is 47th. Vinny Dampus is 48th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brindamore is 51st. Like, there's a whole bunch, uh, just in terms of where he is on the points list, you can make arguments for other people ahead of him. Oh, absolutely. With, with Aginla, it was a different era. Aginla, sir. No, but it was, though. I mean, Aginla was. Uh, you know, one of the few players to win the Art Ross under a hundred points, just powerful. Right, right. No, diff- no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you about Aginla and everything else. No, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Aginla and Alfredson at least are contemporaries, right? Right. Aginla started a year, year after and played two years longer mm-hmm. in terms of his career. But I just, I just don't understand how, why Alfredson gets all the love over other players. Like, I, I'm just going to throw Ronick out there. I like Ronick. Like, yeah, I just, I, my, 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 my question is, I'm not saying Alfredson isn't deserving to be a hockey hall of famer. Mm-hmm. I still think that there's this tremendous snub of him as compared to some other people who are out there. That's what I'm trying to say. No, and I, and I totally get what you're saying. Like, I, if Ronick got in over Alfredson, I'm okay with that. Personally. Fine. Yeah. Right. Well, let, let me let me just say. I know you said Alfredson. I agree with you. Alfredson's probably getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no. That, that's the person. I'm, I, I'm I, guessing. Yeah. No. No. But I agree with you. I think if they're going to take three players, let's just say they do, it'll be Aginla, Alfredson, and somebody. Is my guess. My point is, I just don't think Alfredson necessarily should be next in line. No. And fair. And enough, you don't. Yeah. And you. And you don't either. Even on the rankings that you have on your site. On the site. Keep in mind that the rankings on that particular list is also based on what other people say. True. But yes, uh, I personally think Albertson's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my third one, the guy I've got for number three, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm, I'm j- it's just a hunch. And my hunches are never right. Uh, defenseman Doug Wilson. Now, Wilson's a good choice. We talked about him last week with numbers that should be retired and aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, have, I have absolutely no trouble with Wilson getting in. He's waited a long time and is clearly worthy of being a Hall of Famer. That, that, would, that would make me very happy if Wilson got in. Yeah, and, and myself also. Uh, there's also a push for him uh, on social media. I like Doug Wilson. I I watched a lot of his play. He was a great player. I, I would be very happy for him. But who's your number two and three for hockey? Because we both agree. Well, I mean, two, two, two is two is Alfredson, right? I think Alfredson is uh, is getting in here. Um, so three uh, is a toss up for me. Um, I mean, 
Well, let's just go back to Wilson for a second. So Wilson has 827 points, which is a lot for uh, a defenseman. Mm-hmm. He won a Norris Trophy in 82. He's won a uh, Golden Canada Cup. Uh, he's an eight-time All-Star. Uh, he's now, I mean, he's a general manager now, so it's not something you necessarily think of. But, I mean, he when he was playing, Paul Coffey and Ray Bork were playing defense. And it was hard to break through the two of those guys. You're not going to win that big award with them. Yeah, but it's true, yeah. No, it's... It's the same thing we talked about. We talked about uh, with uh, uh, what's his name last week, who ended up on the Bruins, and I can't think of his name. The defenseman who was a Ranger. Oh, Brad Park. Oh, thank you, Brad Park. Just completely went on my head. I had Adam Burt in my head, which is not right. Um, <laughs> but Brad, yeah, Brad, Seems Brad, Brad Park. You're 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 up against Orr. It's just really hard to win the Norris. Um, here, you're up against Gretzky. It's really hard to win a scoring title. Um, but no, Doug Wilson is is very much out there. So I, I was of three minds as to who the next person was going to be. Um, if it's going to be a goalie, I don't think it will be. But if it were a goalie, Curtis Joseph is probably the person I'm thinking it might be. Yeah, I look um, at him too. Yeah. Cujo's got 454 wins. He's got an Olympic gold. He's only a three-time All-Star and a three-time Vezina Trophy finalist. Um, but he didn't win a Stanley Cup, and it's almost impossible to get into the hall as a goalie if you don't have a Stanley Cup. Um, True. So uh, he's he's somebody who's I, I considered, but ultimately decided they weren't actually probably going to put another goalie in, which is why I picked the goalie for uh, from the women's game. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the other one, and I, as much as I love Ronick, I think the other one might be McGillney. Um, I like McGillney a lot. Yeah, McGillney's the first ever, um, the first ever European captain of a NHL team. Mm -hmm. Um, When he we got named uh, the captain of, I think that was the Sabers, I believe the ninety three Sabers, ninety four Sabers, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I only know is he was captain in NHL ninety five, and I've spent approximately half of my life, I swear, as a kid playing in NHL ninety (laughs) five for the computer because I didn't have video game systems. Um, but he has won the Stanley Cup gold. He's won Olympic gold. He's won a World Championship gold. Um, he he had fewer points than Alfredson. Um, and but he and he had that first season. He had one hundred and twenty seven points in ninety two ninety three when he got here. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if McGillney ends up as a third person on yeah. that end of things. I, I love McGillney. Uh- my wild card is Kent Nielsen because if they're looking at international and they do, uh, it's a great player, uh, one of the first stars from Sweden who had a huge uh, career in the NHL, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Who, who would you feel best for getting in? Selfishly, as a Senators fan, Alfredson. Fair enough. Yeah, and I'm trying to take that out of my answer, but I can't. I'm yeah. trying to, but I really can't do it. Like I, I Fair enough. Yeah, I'm a diehard Sanders fan. It's me I, and I, uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. I feel better. I feel good for Bobby Smith just because I randomly picked him last week. No, um. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, well done. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I think, I mean, that, that's a good one. I honestly still think, just because how much I enjoyed watching him play, I'd feel really good for Peter, uh, Peter Bondra. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought that up last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think my wild card, if there is one, it'll be interesting to see how they treat first time eligible Marion Hosa mm. on this. Yeah. Um, I, I, this I, I thought about talking about him. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah. like, I, thought, I thought about bringing him up, but I thought, nah, it's not going to happen this year. So It may not happen this year, but Hosa is an interesting candidate. Um, uh, particularly, hold on, I'm just getting the stuff in front of me right here for that. But yeah, multi-time champion. Uh, he's got the international I, stats, too. Yeah, he's got international stats. He's got three Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got 500 goals over a thousand points. He's got 149 points in 205 playoff games, which is pretty good. Um, runner for the route Calder trophy 99, but that was the only time he was a finalist for an award, I believe. Um, so he's, he's somebody else who it's going to be interesting, particularly with uh, back and forth. He did towards the end of his career between the penguins and the Blackhawks and, Keep keeping getting uh, it was it was if you want to make the Stanley Cup Finals you got to get Marion Hosa on your team for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it will be it will be interesting. He he's probably a wild card. It'll be interesting to see how they treat him as a first timer coming in. Yeah, I, I, here's what we know: uh, we both have a Ginla, and we have no clue beyond that. I think I think we're both fairly yeah we have no clue but I think we're both fairly confident in Alfredson even though I my my point was not that Alfredson belong just that he's not the biggest snub that it just seems to be discussed all over the place but I think you're right the press of him not getting in now this is I think his fourth fight at the Apple mm-hmm. um, yeah I think that's going to probably carry him in and I agree with you on that one well um, I was also even looking, that's not who my next person would be you know I was also looking to like at the people who actually vote on this so. You know, a lot of former hockey players, and Albertson, he was the agitator. You know, he was the one guy who, like, you wanted on your team, but at the same time, you just didn't like. And Yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah, and that kind of hurts him a little bit. I mean, that that's going to be the discussion when Brad Marchand ever comes up for the hall. Mm-hmm. Right? It's yeah. the same, I mean, Albertson, I think, is a less controversial player than, than Marchand is, who has a tendency to, to slew foot way too many people. Mm-hmm. And I say this as a Bruins fan, but <laughs> yeah, Alfredson is, Alfredson does have a little bit of reputation, but I don't think, but he was also, he was, he is Mr. Senator, not even was, he is Mr. Senator. Yeah. And when you're the face of a franchise, that has to make a difference, particularly a Canadian one. Yeah, but also at the same time, that franchise didn't win. True, it did not. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, who's who's your backup face of the franchise for the Senators? Radic Bonk, <laughs> Chris Phillips. But yeah, okay. Uh, okay, fair enough. I was I was just wanted to say Radic Bonk's name to be honest. It's uh, a great <laughs> name, isn't it? Like, Radic Bonk. That's a great. It's a great name. Um. Okay, by the way, do you have anyone for the builders category? No. No, nobody. I didn't even look at it. Okay. Do you? Okay, so I just had a, a couple of names to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was looking at coaches. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there are three uh, NHL coaches um, and, and, and one, one college coach, three NHL coaches, and an international coach who I considered here. So let's start with the international coach. Uh, and so I'm going to go with uh, the head coach of the Red Machine from from the, you know the famous Red Machine of the Russians, Viktor Tikhonov. Well, um, isn't Tikhonov kind of, already in? No, he is not. Are you sure? I am 97 percent sure. Hold on, let me double check. Brian Tikhonov, he is not in. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he was. I, you would would have thought he was, but I went looking for him for when I was looking for international coaches, and he wasn't there. So if you can go an international coach, and I know that they were the, the bad guys from every movie, essentially, mm-hmm. um, but that that's someone who you would definitely think of. Um, for the college coach, uh, the University of Michigan coach for years and years up until 2017, I think he's eligible for the first time this year for using the same rules, uh, is Red Berenson. Uh, who played uh, for the NHL for a long time, but was, had 11 Frozen Four appearances, 11 conference titles, and two national championships for, for Michigan. Uh, so he is certainly somebody who should be under consideration. I, I, was, I didn't do it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't do a huge deep dive into college, but I was just looking to see who might be someone, and that was the first one I came up with. Um, and then for the NHL, uh, Mike Keenan is an interesting one. Ooh, yes, definitely. Um, Keenan has 672 wins and he has a 85 Jack Adams award. He was a coach of the 94 stand of the 94 Rangers, of course. Um, so he also won the Gagarin cup in Russia, making him the first North American coach ever to win a KHL championship. And you'll first one to have a Gagarin cup and a Stanley cup. Hmm. Um, so that, that's an interesting one, particularly for bringing international stuff into it. Um, Brian Murray, um, mm-hmm. who was eight, what, six, had 620 wins as his head coach in 17 years, won the Jack Adams Award in 84, and has also been the executive of the year um, for the that Panthers team that reached the final back in the Racks team in, with <laughs> Scott Mellenby, which is why I always joke that Scott Mellenby should be every one of your top 50 Panthers. Um, but, yeah, it's back in 96. So he's someone else. But the one who I think I would put first, I believe, is Ken Hitchcock. Mm, yeah, um, so Hitchcock is Hitchcock is third all time in wins. Uh, he has eight hundred and forty nine, um, and clear a one of the best mustaches when he kept it in in the NHL. <laughs> uh, but he is he is um, he may be retired. I'm not quite sure. He did have that weird interim coaching thing with the Oilers. What was that last year, two years ago, something like that. Um, <coughs> But Hitchcock, I mean, if you're third in wins in NHL history and you're eligible, that just, I mean, if we're just doing a stat counting thing, no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, the guy with the third most wins doesn't deserve to be it. Right. So, so I'd say, I'd say Hitchcock and Tikhonov are the two I would go for. But um, yeah, there were at least some interesting candidates out there. So and it's, I, I try to be prepared just because so, we know like one or two of them are getting in. So, <laughs> it's a hockey hall of fame. We don't know what will happen. Well, we don't, but I mean, I'm just, just historically, mm-hmm. um, looking, looking back, I know historically they're not going to let the goalie and they will like last year we had Jim Rutherford and Jerry York. Then we had Gary Bettman and Willie O'Ree before that. 
Well, again, that that was the good and the bad there. Um, Claire Drake and Jeremy Jacobs, again, the good and the bad. Uh, but like, there's been at least, there's usually one, sometimes two, there's at least one, but sometimes mostly two builders every single year or somebody else. They had put Bill McCreary in uh, back in 2014 with Pat Burns, the late great Pat Burns. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's usually two builders. So I'm, I'm just picking two Hitchcock and Tico. Yeah. Would, and we know it won't be Don Cherry. Not this year. It will not be. They saw what happened to College Football Hall of Fame. They do not need that happening in Toronto. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're going to come up with a, a backup uh, plan for next week. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see. So like like in case there's nothing to really talk about. So like what would be a sort of like a good category? Hmm. I didn't think um, of this ahead of time. So I should have, but I didn't. Well, let's just not make it a list of things you can do on pool tables. Um, <laughs> Man, you know, like you do one midget on a pool table, and you're labeled for life. <laughs> I was going to say, my, my most interesting pool table memory actually took place underneath the pool table. Uh, for new, the, the most inebriated I have ever been was New Year's 2000. And I was at a fraternity house at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and spent apparently about two hours quoting JFK to the underside of a pool table, <laughs> which we only know, which we only know because my buddy had gotten a, t- this is how old we all are. He'd gotten a talk boy for Christmas and he like pressed play and just left it next to me for like two hours. So there we go. That's my most memorable to pool, uh, the billiards table story and mine was underneath alone while we in a bottle of champagne talking about uh the torch has been passed to a new generation of americans born to this century i said that like 14 <laughs> times and that um, accent yeah so but let's let's stay away from that one i suppose um i don't know we could always debate who we think should be up for the next mascot hall of fame that's a thing yeah, um that's a good one there's the the Toy Hall of Fame, I believe, comes up in August. We could always talk about that one. That's what I've always threatened to do, but I keep asking. I've threatened to write that section before, mm-hmm. but I keep asking the Toy Hall of Fame for, like, their record. Or, like, I've done it four times over the last decade. Like, hey, can you just send me a list of, like, who's been a finalist in the history of your thing just so I can have a spreadsheet and know where things are? And like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And I've never gotten it from them. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's what we could do, or I don't know. We could always, I don't know. I got we one. could always figure out okay, something got, else. Yeah, okay, so I got one. Um, All right. The, the best out of the big four losers. The best out of the big four losers? Yeah, I mean, like, what was the team that should have won the title that didn't? Oh. You mean other than the 07 Patriots? <laughs> yeah, other – well, that's a pretty good one. But, I mean, like, yeah, other, like the best non-winners. <clears throat> okay. Unless we come up with something better. All right. We, we can think about that. And, again, it could be a busy week where this doesn't come up. Yeah, it's entirely possible. 
All right. At least it's something to think about. All right. Maybe maybe the Toy Hall of Fame is waiting for their ears are perked up, and maybe they'll actually come up with a list of stuff for us to talk about. They very well might. They very well might. Beyond electronic quarterback, I got nothing. (laughs) Well, I'll have to. Well, that's one of the great things about the Toy Hall of Fame, because they'll be like, they did like Hot Wheels cars and they did Matchbox cars uh, separately, and there's Barbie and like Battleship and chess, all things you think of. But then there's like a stick <laughs> and a swing. And on some level, you're like, I can't believe a slide hasn't been inducted in the Toy Hall of Fame yet, given everything else. Um, like a cardboard box is in there. If it's up to my um, dog, the stick will win. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the stick is already in, so we don't have to worry about that. Wamp, but, um... So, <laughs> anyway, all right. So we'll, we'll think of something. If, if not that, we'll come up with another thing during the week. So we'll, inspiration may strike us. Uh, we always do. Um, all right, man, I'll talk to you next week. All right, stay safe, my friend. Thank you so much for listening, and look for new content from us soon at notinhalloffame.com.